We're going to do something just a little bit different today. If you're, if you're regular with us, uh, we're going through the Gospel of Mark. We're uh, going into week 45, walking through that Gospel. We've now, as of the last message, entered into the last week of Christ's life. And we're going to spend the next four or five chapters just in the last week of his life where the first 11, 12 chapters have been the first two and a half years, really, of his, his earthly ministry. But today, a little bit different. So we're not going to do an expositive message where we go right through the Bible. Um, we're going to kind of do a tag team approach. Uh, Jess and Jerry Beth are going to be up here uh, in just a few minutes, and they're going to share about their their mission trip to Papua New Guinea that they got back from uh, about six weeks or so ago. Um, but I just wanted to just take a, a quick few minutes before they come up and just talk a little bit further. Uh, you'll notice on your bulletin it says growing smaller. And that's an oxymoron. Uh, it's it's a, a twist on words for, for a purpose. And Jim did a good job mentioning that we're starting growth groups. Today is the kickoff for growth groups. And I just wanted to uh, touch on that a little bit further. I know I run the risk of you're just walking up and leaving because we've talked about growth groups here and there now for many months. Uh, and I'm super stoked um, that we have growth groups that are starting. And um, my secret goal that I don't want to share with anybody is that we would just start off with one healthy group and we would just let those groups grow. But um, we actually have, it's not four groups, we actually have five groups. There's about 60 people within the church family that are uh, in participation. One group is a, is a student group that's on uh, Monday nights, the first and third Monday of, of the month. And then there's two groups on Sunday and two groups on Thursday, just because that's the folks that signed up. Those are the dates that worked out. Now, I bring this up because I realize not everyone is, is signed up and everyone is able to be a part of a group for a whole host of different reasons. And I just want to say that's completely okay. I really love what Julia read. We are free in Christ. There's no addition to the gospel of Christ. We are looking simply to grow in him, and growth groups happens to be a way that we believe God is directing us. As our church continues to grow, we want to make sure that we don't lose touch with one another, so we're trying to stay smaller, which is why we're doing growth groups. So I'm going to talk just for a few minutes on growth groups, but I want to say to all of those of you um, whether you're signed up for a growth group or not, the principles that go into why we're doing growth groups should apply to every single one of you who calls Christ your Lord. Meaning, what we're trying to accomplish within the context of a, a small group setting within a home should be taking place within inside your world, within inside your life. Um, so if you're not part of a growth group, I would certainly hope and I would say scripture commands that you would have the type of relationships that we're trying to develop with inside of a growth group. You would have those in other areas of your life. So I do think that this applies to every single one of us. So that being said, that's kind of the, the, the intro to this. Um, little talk on growth groups. You notice there's only two points. So I've cut like three points out of your regular notes. So we'll get flying re really quick here. But when it, when it comes to um, this idea of growth groups, our family, many of you know, we've moved and we're I think officially three weeks now as Yakultians living here in town and we moved from kind of the Fargo Lake area and in that move 
we went from a home that was three stories and 3,000 square feet into a home that's one story and 1,000 square feet. And went from having a a full-size barn and a full-size shop, which was about 2,500 square feet of man space, to having about 240 square feet of a container space. Uh, So we've gone from having lots to having little. We've virtually, we've gone from big to small. And I can speak for myself personally, it is glorious. (laughs) Um, I think my my teenage kids who have to share one bathroom at the moment don't think it's quite as glorious as I think it is. But it's glorious to go from, from big big to small just because what I'm finding or just one of the parallels that I'm finding as we've made this transition is that with, with things condensed and, and lots of clutter being thrown away or, or organized appropriately, it makes my mental space in my, my head and my heart so much easier to be able to maintain and to steward to take care of things because I don't have it spread all over the place and up and down three flights of stairs and things like that. It's, it's actually just kind of a really nice process. And, and I, I think as we go as, as a church, and I don't know if you recognize this, I hope you do, but every single week we have new faces in our service. Um, and you might notice that not every single week do those faces show up the following week. And, and, uh, and yet many do, and why is that? We're, we're in this, we're this growing church. We're growing because people are moving into the areas. We're growing because we've got Connors that are growing up. And Connor, we love you. You are, you are welcome. You should come up here and preach with me. Um, but, we, you know, we love, we love having kids in, in, in part of our service. That's awesome. Uh, but we're in this process of, of growing as a church, and so we, we want to have these different ways to be able to steward that. And as our church grows, more people, more stuff means more more problems, more headaches. Oh, you don't have to go. <laughs> Nobody look at JR. He, he loves to be the center of attention, right? Um, so anyway, we, we, get, we get in this place as a church where we, we're, we're in growing, and as we grow, the needs grow. Um, the phones ring more. More people means more lives to interact with, and, um, and that means that all of you have to engage in those needs in the process. And um, it's exciting that we get a chance to do that. And, and the reason why is because of what number one in your notes is that, that uh, relationships are really the basis for the ministry. And we see that in the life of Christ as he was walked the last two and a half years. He's, he's constantly engaging with people. He's got his core group, but he's also, got, he's also got a whole host of people that are crushing in around him, wanting to be connected. And in the New Testament, we see 59 commands of one another's 59 one another's that are commands to engage with each other in our faith i'm going to go through just a small percentage of those 59 uh, john 13 34 says a new commandment i give to you that you love one another just as i have loved you you also are to love one another thessalonians 5 11, therefore encourage one another build one another up This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. One thing that I've heard many times that that Christian people will use to justify their grievance towards somebody else when when the pastor is trying to unify and do conflict management, I'll hear people say, well, I don't have to be their friend. I don't have to be everybody's friend. And the reality is, you're right. As a church, we don't have to be everybody's friend. But we do have to love everybody. We have to love everybody. And, and that's different. When we love everybody, we do it because it's a commandment from Christ. And we are to love one another as he's loved us, which 
frankly means we have to do it sacrificially. We have to put our own pride and our own things aside. Uh, so this is a commandment that I love, that we love as he loved us. Colossians 3, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. We'll stop there just for a minute. When you think about your day and you think about your week, when I think about my day and my week, these are the kinds of people that I want to bump into. And this is the kind of person that I want to be when others bump into me. Where the word of Christ is, is richly dwelling in me, that when my life comes in contact with someone else's, they get an interaction with the living word of God through the, the good news of the gospel of Christ, which I've renewed my mind with the mercies that have come with a, a sunny day like this. I'm refreshed in the good news of Christ. And, and it's because the word of Christ is to dwell in you richly, teaching, admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing songs and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your heart to God. I really believe that happens within the context of our Sunday morning. But as we're going to see, it's not just a Sunday morning thing. Hebrews 3.13, exhort one another every day as long as it is called today that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Confess your sins one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. And then lastly here that I'll point out, 1 Peter 4, as each of you has received a gift, use it to serve one another. Uh, we really cannot obey just those few as well as all 59 commands on a Sunday morning. We can't, it, it can't happen, um, all of those things, just in the context of one of one service. And, and so that is one of the primary reasons why we're doing growth groups. But it's also one of the primary reasons why you as a follower of Jesus take the, the truth of the gospel into the everyday of your life and everyday of your world and to steward um, your your gifts appropriately. So, so the first thing we see is that relationships are really the basis for ministry. But secondly, relationships are the basis for uh, growing spiritually. Relationships keep us in a, in a trajectory where we're growing spiritually. And the question I'd like to just ask you to answer in your own heart, in your own way, if you had to say, am I spiritually right now, am I spiritually surviving or am I spiritually alive or am I spiritually thriving? Am I surviving in my spiritual life or am I thriving in my spiritual life? How, how might you answer that if you were to answer that? Um, you see, first off, another reason to have context of, of growth groups is that's a question right there that I can ask pastorally from a pulpit, but it's really... A discussion that needs to have with some trusted friends in, in, a, in, a, in a setting where you can ask a question and, and you get to think about it and you get to respond to it because it's so easy to, to take things in and not, not to do them. James says, don't be the type of person that looks in the mirror and having looked in the mirror, they turn around walking away and forget what they've looked at. And that's what it's like when we come to the word of God and it exhorts us it teaches us something but then we walk away and there's no real life change well it's because life change comes when we commit ourselves to the body of christ and it goes beyond just just a sunday morning time it, it can happen in, in many other settings as well as in growth group settings but but when you spiritually are in a place where you're just kind of floating or surviving you're kind of going through the motions you have the routines down you might show up at things um, but when you're, when you're thriving in your Christian life, 
you go through those same motions, you have to do the same routines, you have to go to the same appointments, but you do it in such a way um, with, with a passion and an enthusiasm and, 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 and more life because God is at work in your life and you're seeing him at work in other people's lives. And that's one of the greatest benefits of, of, of engaging and thriving in your spiritual life. There's nothing more exciting than being around um, a young Christian, for example. I think that's why we, we need to have uh, young Christians. We need to all be involved in a worship service as much as possible and have the kids involved because it's encouraging for us as adults to see young children opening up the Word and bringing it and doing a Christmas program. It's, it's, it's challenging and it's encouraging because that's how God designed us. God designed us to be living organisms, and out of those living organisms comes new life and new breathing. And So it's not just new babies physically, but it's also new babies spiritually. And, and so it's, it's exciting to be around those things. Now, there's, there's kind of two aspects here to, to these relationships. Um, what's, the, what's really the purpose of these relationships, or why do these relationships help us to grow um, spiritually? And, and uh, one of those reasons is, is because it helps us to persevere in our faith. Persevere in our faith. Look at Hebrews. Hebrews, it says this. Uh, it is, Chapter 3, verse 12, take care, brothers and sisters, lest there be any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. I guess I just want us to listen very carefully here because this this very thing takes place in the context of the local church. It's taken place, I'll just say it honestly, this week. I felt a great deal of spiritual attacks this week, and I've seen it as I've interacted with a number of people, and I've had to deal with some, some pretty significant false doctrine that's, that's reared its head up in this last week. And one of the primary reasons why is I people every day are slipping away from faith. And why is that? Why is that? How does that happen? And I would say it, it happens because, uh, pri- not primary, not totally, but one of the main reasons it happens is because people don't have healthy, vibrant, spiritual family in their, in their everyday life. Every day. There's a difference between a Sunday morning gathering and sitting in circles throughout the rest of the week or having someone that you really connect with that can ask those hard spiritual questions and you can encourage one another and to pray for one another, how important that, how important that is. Um, because it's so easy. The attractiveness of sin is very deceiving in our world today. And I can just guarantee it. I hate to say this, but I'll say it. I, I can guarantee it that everybody who's here today is probably not going to be here walking and thriving in their faith a year from now. Just, just simply put. But I can say that if they're engaged with brothers and sisters, being obedient to the commands of the one another's of Scripture, their chances of being here are hundredfold increased. Because we are called to be in one another's lives. Intimately involved in one another's lives. Yes, on a Sunday morning. Yes, in a fellowship time. But I, I wish that, see, some of you, actually all of you, have gifts that aren't being able to be used um, because, because you're not engaged spiritually in other people's lives. And, and, I, and I know that the rest of us are missing out on that. So that's one of the really great things I see about growth groups is that this is an opportunity for you to really fully engage your gift, um, your giftings. 
for the kingdom of God. And a lot of people would say, well, I don't really know what my spiritual gifts are. What could be a better place to learn what those things are than within the context of a safe environment uh, with other loving brothers and sisters? Verse 14 says, For if we share in Christ, if we hold to the original confidence, we hold firm until the end. Those who persevere to the end uh, are those that are walking closely with brothers and sisters in Christ, in in faith, encouraging one another. Uh, So uh, relationships help us grow spiritually. They help us persevere in the faith. And then the, the last point here is they also help us through radical acts of love, being an op- having an opportunity to engage in radical acts of love. If you look at the early church, that's what was going on all the time. People were giving up uh, of their possessions for one another. Hebrews uh, 10.23 says, Let us hold fast to the hope that we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and towards good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. And all the more, as you see the day approaching, if we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sin is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. Uh, Hold out hope. How do you consider, how do you ponder, how do you stir one another on towards love and good deeds? How do you do that? You do that in the context of a personal relationship. That's, That's how that that happens. Um, one more passage here out of Hebrews. Remember those earlier days. Remember those days after you have received the light, the light that we sung about to start off our service today, when you stood your ground in the great contest of the face of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. I know many of you are experiencing this right now at work as you stand up for your faith. Public exposed to insult and persecution, at other times you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You sympathized with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded for you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised for in just a very little while. He who is coming will come and will not delay. Exciting stuff. Um, Exciting stuff. And God's calling us as a church to grow smaller. I mean, it would only make sense that we're going to grow numerically if, if we're engaging people with the gospel. Because when people come into contact with the real true gospel, the fact that, that Jesus came to free them from the bondage that the chains of this world are constantly putting on us, uh, the, the chains of oppression and addiction and commercialism, uh, hate, all of these things, these chains, as these chains get shackled on people and they hear that Christ came to free them completely. And that in Christ you're free, and not only are you free, but you are acceptable in God's eyes, and you have eternity with him. When people get that message, when they're reached with the gospel, those people that are near to us but far from him, it's going gonna, it's gonna to change the world. It's already changing the world, but it's only going to change the world more. And we have an area that it really is in need of the gospel of Christ. And as we continue to continue to grow like God has been doing in us, it's going to mean that we're going to need to be more intentional about being one another and smaller in one another's lives. And, and so we got to do this because we need to be able to persevere in the faith. 
We need to be able to grow in our faith. And, and above all else, I just need to be kicked every once in a while, reminded, reminded what my treasure in this world is. It's nothing except Christ. I was out working in my, um, on my property with my kids and a brother, um, who I won't mention because he's in this room, but um, I was working and um, all I can say is I was acting inappropriately. Um, it was not good weather and um, I was getting frustrated and apparently, well actually I know, I wasn't um, communicating very Christ-like towards my children that were there. And as I'm working here um, on this project, um, my kids had left and um, my brother didn't say anything to me. Well, at least he didn't use any words to say anything to me. But uh, whether it was his prompting or it was just the Holy Spirit's prompting or maybe a little bit of both, I realized that, you know what, I, I, I pretty much blew it there with my kids. And not only that, but I did it in, in the context of being around somebody else, which is kind of embarrassing. Um, and and uh, what was great about that was that um, he didn't even say anything. Um, but the conviction got so great that I had to confess to him that poor behavior. And, um, and I'll just tell you, uh, everything in me didn't want to do that. Because one, I'm the pastor. And two, um, I'm, you might not know this, I'm kind of arrogant and prideful or prideful. And I didn't want to look, you know, I didn't want to humble myself. That's really what it came down to. And, um, and yet the moment I confessed that to him, um, two things happened, or maybe more than that. Um, there was this huge release off of my shoulders. And on top of that, he immediately, before he prayed, he offered some just gentle counsel to me that I've that is stuck. And then he prayed for me. And in, in the bed of, or in the cab of this pickup truck, it was, it was the context of a, what we're trying to to foster in a growth group. It wasn't in a growth group, but it just happened right there. And, and had that hap- not happened in the context of that setting with a brother in Christ, um, I, I don't know if there would have been that change that would have taken place. Um, so, so whether it's in the context of a growth group and a, you know, that we're, we're talking about and that we're implementing and that will become part of the DNA of our church, or whether it's just you being very intentional as you get up in the morning and you realize that your day doesn't belong to you, it belongs to Christ, you look for opportunities to, to build up one another. You look for opportunities to take these 59 commands and engage them in the everyday of life because I, I know that, uh, you know, I, I share that embarrassing story because I just know that we all have those kind of scenarios in our life where God needs to, to work on us. And if we don't have one another's there to point those things out, to encourage, to lay hands on, to pray to, to confess to, uh, to get loved by, all of those things, then we, we, we can easily stay stuck. And we don't walk in the freedom that we truly have been given in Christ. Because Christ tells us, I've given you a new command. My new command is to love as I have loved. To love one another. And there's something else in the Bible that says that when we do that, when we love like the one another's, guess what will happen? It's the best evangelism tool that there is. It looks beautiful to those around us. And those around us uh, that we're trying to share the message to, we don't even have to really share very hard because, why? Because uh, they know who he is by the love that we show towards one another. And in my life, that love doesn't come easy. It comes by working with brothers and sisters uh, and growing in 
those relationships. And so if you haven't signed up for a growth group, that's fine. They're actually all full, so you can't. Um, um, but our, our goal is that every quarter or so we will roll out a new one. So um, in a few weeks we'll start one. And I should say if there's enough people that want to do one now, we will figure something out. Um, the, the organizers for our growth groups, I, f I should have their picture of the Northerns. You're back here and back there. So that's Deidre and Steve, and they'll, they'll um, make, sure to, make sure to see them if you'd like to sign up. And if you're not able to because of a day of the week or a time, I know a lot of people don't like to go out at night. Um, and so if that happens to be you, um, and you don't have the context of the relationships that we're talking about, then just let us know and we can either, we'll either arrange rides or we'll just do our best to get enough folks in a time slot that works for you.